0: Today's program has been brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Cane5.com.
1: Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from Apertus Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Every Tuesday from, eh, you know, like 12 or so, you know. No big deal. No big deal, like 12.50, something like that. Call in your questions to 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. Join, as usual, with Nastasia of the Hammer. Lopez, how you doing? Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Jack, Jackie molecules in
0: the booth. I'm here, full of molecules.
2: Oh yeah, as are we all. As are we That's all. That's right. You know, uh, again, not not to uh, belabor the point too much, but that was like the whole point of uh, the flavor exhibit at the museum. We're all just big sacks of molecules. You know what I mean?
3: Peter couldn't come today. He's going yeah. to Ethiopia tomorrow.
2: Oh, Peter Kim, the uh, guy running the food museum now, headed off to Ethiopia, where his wife lives. Hopefully he'll bring us back some more delicious Ethiopian coffee and uh, spices and whatnot. You know what he should bring back this time? Hmm. He should bring back... Are you allowed to bring grains back? I don't know. Like uncooked grains? Teff. I'll look. I want some good teff. Because uh, now, you know, I can, I can teff it up strong now. I got the wet grinder, I can go crazy. And speaking of uh, wet grinder... Uh, you did, did you taste the mustard that uh, Johnny brought mm-hmm. last week? It's good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we used that at, our, uh, at the demo at, the, uh, at MoFad. Uh, and big shout out to uh, Mark Bystrom, who's the beverage director of the Underground Food Collective, who made that mustard, and here's where it ties back in, to, in a wet grinder. Grinds it for like three days in a wet grinder to get the texture right. And the wet grinder is my new old favorite piece of equipment that I just got a new one of, and a question if we get to it, you never know a question will come up later in the in the podcast about uh, wet grinders and whatnot. so uh, anything uh, good or bad happening? no how is your How was your Monday night uh, bachelor celebrations? Great. yeah anything, so it's yes. like it been a banner week for you. you had your Super Bowl, I know. you know and you, you made ch- Jack check this out yeah Mark Ladner uh-huh, right made the chili. At uh, Nastasia's uh, Super Bowl party, here are two facts. One, he has never made chili before. Really? Mm-hmm. He has never made chili before, never. And fact two, he put cumin in it, which, as we all know, as anyone who you know, anyone who loves life knows, that you need cumin in in your chili. Or what does it
3: does? Or it's a beef tomato stew. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: So Mark put cumin in it and here's here's the fun fact of the day, Nastasia enjoyed
3: it. It was good. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like I you think know. you were biased.
3: No. I would not, know. doesn't matter. Oh, p- no. please, <laughs>
2: please. Nastasia, biased towards just
0: like, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: my boyfriend made it so it's good. No, my boyfriend made it so it's bad. It
0: has to be like three times so better. So there's more of a chance it would, yeah, it would have gone the other way. I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Right. You kidding wow. me? So just as you don't generally like um, chili, huh?
3: I love chili. Oh, okay. I do. I don't like cumin. Yeah. If I put it in myself, I would hate the chili. Not seeing huh. it.
2: Yeah, but you know the other How thing does is does one
3: hate humans. I don't smell know, I like a taxi driver.
2: Whoa, what <laughs> the hell
3: kind of crazy racist
2: <laughs> bullcrap is that? My
3: God! Like one taxi driver I had long ago. Smells
2: oh, like that. You people, are you getting a little taste of what I have to deal with on a daily basis?
3: How's that
0: racist? Sometimes there's a smell memory that oh, you just smell just... memory in my butt.
2: All right, listen. <laughs> here's the other thing. Is it? But back on the you know, honestly. Like Nastasi would have loved nothing better than to have hated the chili because it should have been like big famous chef can't even cook chili can't even cook chili right you would have loved that loved. love loved. love loved. Love. Loved. love love all right uh, got some questions uh, this one goes out first because I want I want the uh, the chat room to uh, to weigh in on this guy uh, Jarvis from Milwaukee writes in. Uh, hey, Dave and Stas and Jackie Molecules. In a month and a half, uh, my new wife-to-be and I – wait, new wife-to-be, right? Just got engaged. New wife-to-be. Not new wife. New wife-to-be.
3: The moment where you're able to – what do you say? Break off the marriage.
2: Well, I, I look. You know, it, it's, I've said it like many, many times over many, many years. The worst thing in the world is fiancé right that's like an open target that's like it's like deer season you know what i mean it's like because look here's the thing right one of them's you know popped the question bought the uh, ring or whatever the other one said yes right now you're in this moment you're about to make this big huge you know hopefully permanent commitment but you haven't done it yet Right? You haven't walked down the aisle yet. So anyone, if they had the second thoughts, that's when the second thoughts, that's when they're, they're creeping in. That's why, you know, I mean I won't go into the actual personal people that I know this has happened to. But that's why, you know, if you're going to make the move, that's when you make the move. Not that I – I, I don't think you should make a move on someone who is engaged. Never. I would never say that. That's a terrible thing to say. But what I'm saying is, is, you're at that moment where you're about to dive in the pool. So you either get off the diving board or you dive in the pool. You pivot one way, you pivot the other. But it's like a momentous kind of uh, a decision. Mm-hmm. You know? They're second guessing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not saying you're second guessing, Jarvis. Or your wife to be is second guessing. I'm not saying you about might you be personally. Up there. I'm not. let's come on now. Jack, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because look, not everyone is meant to be together, but they still say yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My feeling about this, and people, this is not a marriage show. It but could be. could be.
3: That's Jack and my dream. Yeah, it's what, true. If this, is a, this is a marriage no, show? No, that's like a personal show. A personal show? Yeah, the show,
0: show Issues yeah. with Nastasia and Jack. Oh, okay. Just well, regular issues. Here's, here's a little fun fact for you. Most
2: people I know who have uh, gotten married and then gotten a divorce. Everybody said they knew at the time mm. it was the wrong thing to do. They knew when they were walking down the aisle but that it was a freaking that, mistake.
3: What are you supposed to do at that moment? Well, that's what I'm telling you. Turn around? Don't get
2: to that moment. Let me tell you. Here's the thing, right? You this could is, this, if you had balls. Look, this is, no, this, is the, this is what is terrible about the whole Megillah, the wedding Megillah, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's thousands of Like, you start spending money. There's thousands of dollars. All your friends are happy. Your family's happy. Everyone's happy. You're probably even happy. But you have this nasty nagging thing in your head and the people who break up What
3: is that nagging thing?
2: I have no idea. I don't have a nag. I've been married over 20 years. Yeah, I know, but what
3: do you think these people I
2: have no idea. All I know is that, you know, I said, you know, you, you talk afterwards, you get the post-game highlights of the marriage and they knew when they were walking down the aisle.
0: They knew it. It's like, It's like going to see a movie you didn't really want to see, you know, and then it starts, you're there, and then in the back of your mind, you're like, I knew I didn't want to see this movie. Maybe it's something like that. Because you have to stay. You have to go through with it. Yeah, yeah. Once you're in...
3: At least it's dark.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, Jarvis, this has nothing to do with you. Okay, so back to your question. Wife-to-be will be traveling to Seattle for our honeymoon. What a
0: tangent.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're actually about to get married. Good. So in a month and a half, it's going to be over. None of this fiancé crap. None of, still
3: has a month and a half. It's
2: also the only thing. You could be a boyfriend and a girlfriend or whatever. You can be going out with someone forever. Right. I know, you know, look, look at you, Stas. How many years? I don't
3: know.
2: Yeah. Like, forever oh, you can go know. out. You know what
3: I mean? Well, you're saying this moment.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like, married? You could do that until you die. You know what I mean? This fiancé is like the least permanent freaking thing on earth. You know what I mean? It's like, it's specifically designed to not be a permanent situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is inherently unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, back to the question. Um, <laughs>
3: You're convincing him not to do that. I'm not. I'm
2: saying go through at the wedding. That's what I'm saying. I mean, with no other knowledge in my head. Anyway, Seattle for our honeymoon. Uh, that's an interesting choice. Seattle yeah. for the honeymoon. What do you think, Stas?
3: I think uh, maybe it's based on cheapness. My friends chose South Carolina or something. Really? Because the flight was like $64, and I was like, hmm.
2: My sister just got married. St.
3: Lucia said it was amazing. Yeah, see, so that's nice.
0: i say if you're going to do a honeymoon, just like go all out. I don't know, deal with it later. I was. More, we went to Italy on our honeymoon. Italy! <laughs> that's how my grandma says it.
2: Yeah? Yeah, that's where yeah. we went. And she because, says bottle, too. Bottle? Yeah, because we had never been, and it was, you know, life-changing. It was awesome. Anyways... We are going to eat and drink as much as we can and wanted to know if you had any can't-miss spots that you could recommend. We scheduled a tour of Modernist Cuisine and also Chef Steps reached out to us and said we can tour also. Uh, We will be doing some hiking, uh, going to wineries, etc. I thought in the past episode you mentioned there was a place in the state of Washington where either apples or some fruit or something was being preserved and they have a museum there. Hmm, I don't remember. You remember that? Um, No. Portland, I mean uh, Oregon, yeah. Corvallis. Uh, they have all of the all of the pears, and uh, I think they also do they do pears and they do berries. But that's in Corvallis, which is a hike. Uh, and don't don't tell the Seattle people that you think that the that the Oregon is the same thing, or you'll be in deep doo doo with them. Um, where either apples or some fruit or something was being preserved, and they have a museum there. I hope that makes sense because I can't remember and tried to go back to your old podcast, but can't find it because they're not in the database, Jack.
0: What's not in the database. No one can search our old podcast. It's hard. Yeah, they can.
3: Yeah, they can. Whatever. I couldn't
2: find stuff down. I was looking for the other day. Yeah, yeah whatever. Fair enough. Whatever. Uh, okay, so listen. I don't know. Is anyone, any of our people who are from Seattle or or thereabouts, why don't you answer in on the chat so room this question? Chef
0: Tom Douglas, that's who you want to look for. He's got like a dozen restaurants. Really cool guy. We've yeah. done some stuff with him before. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Nice. All so, right. look up Tom Douglas.
2: All right. But also, if anyone has any recs... Any recommendation? And they're in on the chat room. Uh, shoot them on over to Jarvis in Milwaukee. I hope I didn't uh, say anything bad about marriage. I didn't say anything bad about marriage. I'm pro-marriage.
3: I know, we. I know Dave.
2: All right. All right. Uh, but I wanted to get that one out first so people could write their recommendations in. Ben wrote in. Uh, we, it was a couple weeks ago. We're just getting into it now. On milk. Uh, I've been making the Chef Steps Express... Eh. Espresso Martini A lot recently I hate e- e- Like Turning the S To an X oh, But sometimes chill. sometimes when worst you, Worse Worse it. People in my family do it I don't know do why correct them? I don't You don't correct your family Do you? Yeah You correct your family? Expresso? Yeah When they,
0: when they say Espresso This is what you do You just Make, <laughs> make that Just make that noise
2: uh, You know what though? You know what I say? Nuculer. Nuclear Nuclear Why? Because who wants to say nuclear?
3: Nuclear.
2: It's Look, it's nuclear. Like when you're talking about the nucleus or like you're actually referring to something scientific, nuclear is fine. When when you have a bomb, it's nuclear. Go nuclear. Do you go nuclear on someone or do you go freaking nuclear on them? (laughs) I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. I don't know. There's another one. Coupon. I'm a coupon guy. Coupon. Coupon.
3: I clip my
0: coupons.
2: What about you? Are you a coupe or a coupe?
3: I like to clip coupons.
2: Yeah! Know. Jack, what about you? I
0: a coupon. Oh! I think it, might be, it might be a Long Island thing. Yeah, I don't oh, know. It's He holds his pinky out in Brooklyn yeah. while he clips his coupons.
3: <laughs> I think coupon comes from your parents. Though. Pardon yeah, me, do a, you have
0: a any long island clipped
2: thing. coupons?
0: You know what I mean? Okay, it's I like, do not say coupon, though. That's different. <laughs> coupon.
3: Also, if you're clipping coupons, like, you know, you're not trying to... Show your wealth. Coupon. (laughs) All
2: right. So here we go. I don't know. Look, there's nothing wrong with saving money. How do you think rich people get rich?
3: Yeah. That's – yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, Anyway, making the chef's espresso martini. uh, I make it with tequila uh, along with the jalapeno stuff from uh, Liquid Intelligence. Uh, I can't keep it in stock because whenever someone comes over – uh here smell this results in whole bottle magically disappearing. I do like uh, tequila with the ha- with the uh with the jalapeno. ISI, I assume which is the way I do it. Uh this recipe has you this is the chef's steps recipe I guess has you milk wash the coffee booze. I've tried it with a few different milks and have had very different results. Cheap ultra high temperature milk makes small but distinct curds. You like that phrase? Small, yeah. Uh regular whatever else someone gets from the supermarket makes bigger Still distinct curds. Um, A2 milk. What's A2 milk? I
3: don't
2: know. We should look it up. Jack, look it up. What's A2 milk? A2 milk makes one giant monster curd that looks like it might become sentient. I like a sentient just curd. It's just a company. Oh. Uh, the yield is pretty flat for the first two types of milk, but the A2 donated a bunch of extra liquid whey. Way. what's actually happening in milk washing how much booze is left in the curds and how much whey ends up in the final product thanks ben uh oh here's another call off for the transcripts p.s. one of the main benefits of transcripts would be a way to make a full list of all the things that you and dave hate
0: hmm. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Uh, jack has ever really been anything that you hate
0: i haven't really go- i feel like I- here and there like what do you hate what do i hate oh, i'll have to get back to you on that like 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 foods or just like things in general
2: well, I mean, you can start with food. I just
0: said espresso. I hate that. Oh, there
2: you go. All yeah, right, we'll start there. We, we got to start keeping a list of jack hates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, back to your question. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, obviously, what's going on here is the um, level of pasteurization is affecting the protein somewhat, and therefore the the, the clotting uh, strength because it's. F- <laughs> I don't know 100 percent like what the actual reactions are. We should talk to a cheese person. I one time did a bunch of research on the effect of pasteurization on cheese making and all of the cheese making blogs uh, talk about the differences between um, uh, the different pasteurization levels of milk and the the curds. But I I can't – I forgot to look it up again before I came in today and I can't remember the exact uh, right uh, spiel on it. But what's technically happening in milk washing in general is this. Uh, You are using the casein uh, to mop up the, um, the polyphenols and other weird things that are kind of either bittering or astringent in uh, whatever you're doing, coffee, tea, whatever. Uh, then you precipitate out, you curd, you make it curd. So in the case of coffee, a lot of times it will curd on its own because coffee is A, acidic, B, it's in alcohol which destabilizes the proteins and C, it's got a lot of things that can bind with destabilize the protein, uh, the casein micelles. So um, coffee often will clot on its own. Um, And usually uh, things that clot faster for me – uh, on their own like that and make little small things that you then have to sweep into kind of larger curds, but whatever. That's just my personal experience. So that's what's happening with um, milk washing. Now, presuming that you get your, you know, the same amount of yield out, you should get almost all of the whey out. It is true that uh, I've had recently with milk washing where I've reheated in the presence of acid, I get a lot of whey precipitation, almost like making a ricotta, but that's only if the acidity level gets pretty high and it's still warm when you do it, which I assume you're not doing here. So the there shouldn't be that much of an effect on um the whey because you're you're not precipitating the whey out with the technique in milk washing. However, uh if you did I'm sure it would affect um I'm sure it would affect it greatly because uh heat really affects whey proteins quite a bit. Anyway, what do you think?
3: Good job.
2: Yeah, she just says that's all. Shut up. That's all. That's what it is. Okay, Chris wrote in uh, about uh, China and chocolate.
0: Let's hold that. We got a caller.
2: Oh, caller, you're on the air.
4: Hey, Dave, how are you? It's Alvin Schultz from uh, Houston, Texas. How hey, are you?
2: all right, what's up? How's uh, How's Texas?
4: Cool. Yeah, we're gonna come down and shoot. Um, <laughs> anyway, I got a I got an update for you on an eggnog question that I wrote in about a year ago, and a question about tomatics
2: Okay. Uh, Hey, Wait, hey so, and, and I mean, stay on I mean, because I, I'm going to, hold on a second, stay on afterwards because I have an eggnog question that came in, and I'll read it, and since you have some uh, aging eggnog experience, we can talk about it together for a little bit, all right?
4: Okay, cool. All you right. want me to ask a Nyxdomatic question then?
2: Yeah, go Nyxdomatic.
4: Um So in Mexico City, where do you buy it?
2: Ooh, uh, man, I wish I could remember where it was, like, like, are you going on your own or do you have, like, a, a contact down there?
4: Uh, I'll probably be going on my own. Um, I know some people down there, but I don't know if any of the people I know are going to know where to buy an enzymatic.
2: I forget the name of the neighbor. It was within walking distance of uh, the Almeida, and it was like between there and um, the the market that's right near uh, Almeida. So it wasn't all the way down by Merced, and there was like a little cooking district there cooking equipment district and it like it was that's you know all the shops so if 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 you see any cooking district like on the map in mexico city that's within like you know like a mile or a mile and a half of like the Almeida area that's where i went and you just walk around the shops and a bunch of different people have them and so it's just a matter of haggling on the price
4: and they run about 250 or so
2: that's my memory yeah I mean I bought it uh, yeah I, I, in my head whenever I really want a piece of equipment, I fudge the conversions in my head to make it seem like it's cheaper for me you know what I mean that's just like a yeah, mental yeah uh <clears throat> So like what else would I get when I was down there? I got that. But it's a lot to carry. Obviously like I, 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 you know, I wish if I had infinite strength and money to bring stuff back, I would bring back a matate, a real one just for the heck of it just because I would like to have one. But I would never really use a matate to be honest because if you have the nixtamatic, then you could just get a wet grinder to do the rest of this stuff that's not like nixtamatic friendly. Like between the two of them, you can grind pretty much anything wet. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. So they're yeah.
4: getting good puff off of your off of your masa uh for tortillas out of the mix thematic.
2: Getting good what? Oh
4: and your your tortillas are puffing consistently? They, look
2: <laughs> No. Like they're getting better and better on that, right? But that's really a function of grind. Like the commercial grinders are like so big and it's, it grinds so fine. The coarser your masa, like the less you're gonna guarantee you're gonna get a puff out of it. Now right. I you know, I know that um you know, some people prefer the some people prefer that like really light, really fine grind, like tortilla. Uh, you know, masa for tortillas. And some people actually don't mind if their if their masa for their tortillas is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit coarser. So you could still see like like a little bit of um, speckling in it. What about you, Stas? What do you feel?
3: my masa being speckled.
2: You like it speckled? Not I don't really. know. She doesn't no. care. She doesn't to no, I, really
3: I like, like speckling it. for tostadas.
2: Yeah. And so gonna, and obviously Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, right. Like cuz they look better. Yeah. Um but I get your point, but my the thing is is that every time I use the Nyx-Tomatic, it gets better. So, yeah. you know, that's that's where I'll go there. So like the first, you know, the first like 3 or 4 batches you make, you they will not puff. The straight up I'm telling you, they will not puff. Um you know once you get past that you know like the more you use it the more the kind of puff rate goes up but it's you're not going to get like the out of the box performance with that thing that you would get with like a real stone grinder or like you know the ones that are like 1000 bucks like uh, i forget what model like uh Alex Dupac got up here or a couple other people have, you know, bought up here, but th- there's
4: a yeah, the one's a Cosme, right?
2: Yeah, like you know, the, they're like mid-sized stone wheel grinders, but you know, th- that's like the next level of horsepower motor up, and like three levels up in price. Like you can't make an excuse to buy that and have it unless you unless you're using it pro. You know what I mean?
4: You can Yeah, you can't touch the conversion on that one, right? Yeah. So I have a process that I'm getting pretty consistent puffs on. So I'm I'm grinding by hand with the Corona. Uh, as, as fine as it'll grind, and I've, I've got probably two or three dozen batches through my Corona right now. And then I'm taking that grind and putting it in the Vitamix dry grain container. The only thing is, and I'm just grinding the heck out of it in the Vitamix. Right. Uh, the only thing is, every time I do it, I feel like I'm going to blow the, the fuse, and then my Vitamix will be out of commission for a couple hours. But unfortunately, I have two. So, uh, <laughs> so, if I blow, you know, it's, it's the second one that gets ooh, that gets really nervous. But, but uh, my my tortilla has been popping is pretty consistent.
2: Well, let me tell you, if you're using the corona. I can't believe that you're still alive. I hate using that thing so much. My right
4: arm is really huge.
2: I I imagine. I imagine that like, you know, you're like, uh, you know, like, yeah, your one arm is like a stick and the other one is like a, like, you know, like somebody else's leg, like John Cena's arm, because I hate the corona. Remember when we had long stars and I insulted his manhood and we made him grind all of that masa that night? Nightmare. Corona. Oh, Corona is such a nightmare. You're going to love the Nyxnomatic. Brother, if, you, cool. if you're using cool. the Corona, you're going to love the Tomatic. Just give it some grind in time. All right. Now, eggnog. Egg. Eggnog. What do you got? You me- I'll, I'll, oh. say, I'll say the question I got, and then you can tell me about it. All right. You know, uh, Maymay Kitchen, friends of the show, Boston? They wrote in. Here's what they said. I hope you guys are well. We made eggnog recently using four quarts of cream, one quart of El Dorado spiced rum, one quart of one-to-one simple, and 24 eggs. Holy crap. That's rich. That's, that's freaking rich. The eggs were separated. Whites were whipped with cream, uh, simple and booze, and then combined with the yolks. After two weeks, the nog mellowed. No change after four weeks. After eight weeks, it had turned into marshmallow snot. See video. I didn't get to see the video, but I believe you. Uh, still tasted fine. How? What? Should we try to turn it into something weird and or delicious? It's actually already weird, but not necessarily delicious. Thanks to folks at Maymay. I think it's just you think the water content is all that fat. Like, what do you think's going on, Alvin?
4: I, I think I think the uh, the egg whites. I would save I would mix everything but the egg whites, and just hold back in egg whites uh, when you're ready to drink it and not age it with the egg, uh, the whites on it. So you think the whites That's are
2: setting? You think it's like a low like a low water thing, and the the whites are somehow setting over time, like like alcohol denaturation?
4: I think so. So what I was going to call in with my update is I made a batch of Roman's eggnogs and uh, also George Washington's eggnog at the very beginning of 2015. And I drank it over this past holiday season. I drank, I tasted both. Rulman's doesn't really change much. Of the, I think I did the math, and I, that, that's what I called it for a year ago. And I think the math on Rulman's came out to about 22%. Right. Uh, Washington was about 12.5, 11.5, 12.5. And, and, 12, 12 and, and Washington's was real interesting. It got sour, but not unpleasant at all. It, it had like these... Uh, Notes of blue cheese on the on the nose, but then like almost like a, a tangy goat cheese uh, on the palate. So I call it almost like an eggnog sour. I don't uh, know, both, were, dude. both were both were pleasant, and both were aged at room temperature for uh, the better part of a year.
2: You're not really selling me on the blue cheese eggnog. <laughs> it's like you got to yeah. come. On, yeah.
4: It smells funkier than it tastes, but it wasn't unpleasant at all. You, I recommend uh, you, you put it in a tin and, and shake the shake the stuff out of it. To, you know, just shake it up real good to, 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 bring, to dilute it back down, and it's, it's pretty tasty.
2: Yeah. So Nick Bennett did, like, a three-year-old eggnog, but I didn't get to taste it. They Our former bar captain, and now the guy at Porsche. We tasted what? Three-year-old? What do we think? Did we taste it? We didn't or, taste it. or did we decide it smelled like poison? Yeah. I think we decided it smelled like poison. Yeah. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to get to a vertical. So I made another batch of Rulman uh, this year. I'm, I'm working. I I'm, I'm want to Nick inspired... Uh, my batches, so I'm going to try to get the five-year vertical.
2: Right, and so so your your advice to Maymay is to hold the white back.
4: I would hold the white back. Um, I don't. I, I don't know what what recipe she's using, but uh, but what's with ruins without the white is is uh, is just fine after a year. It tastes, tastes boozy and, and nice, but no funky at all. Now the real question Fox is, funky. What
2: are we going to do with this one that's already funky? Mix it into some sort of baked good. What are we going to do? I don't know.
4: Um, make cannelés
2: yeah alright hmm alright very good so you're gonna keep track of your uh, test and you're gonna give us a call back and let us know how your vertical goes we'll, every year we'll we'll come back as long as we keep doing the show every year you come back and tell us how you're doing with the uh, with the nog yeah sounds good alright brother alright see ya alright have a good one uh, alright we
0: got uh, two more callers on the line so next caller
1: alright caller you're on the air hey Dave it's uh, Matt from Mystic calling back about hey. the haggis how was the haggis uh, it was amazing, man. Oh, great! Oh, man, yeah, it worked. Uh, it worked like a charm, but it stunk to high heaven. The bung stinks.
2: Uh, <laughs> the bung stinks. That's like yeah. your, that's your next album. The bung stinks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, did you do uh, any like pre-soaking or like washing or scrubbing?
1: I, yeah, I, so I soaked it for twenty-four hours beforehand, uh, and it didn't really it didn't really help my kitchen. Uh, you know, it's still there's still a faint aroma of bung every time I fire up the stove. So. Wow! I think uh, next year I'll do it offsite. That's
2: that's the follow up album, Faint Aroma of Bung.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you, we can get a trilogy out of it if we're if we're careful.
2: Well, I wish you know we were here for Johnny. Which I wish Johnny. I wish this was last week when Johnny was here because I'm sure he's dealt with that kind of an issue before. There's got to be some sort of like pre-poach in milk that will help out the thing is you just don't want to have it shrink up too much and everything before you stuff it that's the real issue right
1: yeah that's what I, I would be afraid because like once you once you get it into the, the, the hot liquid it really uh, seizes up nicely yeah.
2: yeah right that's the whole point um,
1: yeah
2: yeah how could you just a bunch of changes no, of water. No, it
1: didn't impart any uh, off flavor honestly like once like but during the like the first like hour or so of the of the boiling of it, it was like really gross.
2: But like poopy or like tripe slaughterhouse smell?
1: Uh, yeah, like sort of a combination. It's sort of like sort of like a halitosis uh, note, right? Uh, and some you know, and some barnyard barnyard funk.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, but the oats worked. The oats came out great, so it was like totally permeable. And uh, I did add a little bit more broth to the mixture uh than i normally do uh with you know with the lamb meat etc uh, but it came out great
2: nice how were the neeps and tatties
1: oh uh great you know we just uh we just we must do like five pound each at least and uh and they go like crazy too so awesome awesome All yeah there part. was there was very little haggis left over which is always a good sign of success
2: do you like hey jack can people post pictures to our thing someone can put the picture on
0: uh, if they send it to me,
2: yeah, send a picture. We'll put it up on the on the thing of your haggis. I yeah. want to see it. All
1: right, cool. I will. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, is it? Can I tag you on Instagram with it? Yeah, it, it looks there like you go. It, it looks like the sandworm from Dune.
2: Oh, nice. That sounds cool. Those yeah, creep the like hell like totally out of me. I was of
1: blood, so yeah, it's
2: real. You know what freaked me out in Dune? That dude who like would always like like have people's hearts plugged, and then what would he do? Drink their blood or something? So gross. Remember that dude? Remember that dude, the dude who was on that chair that would float around and he had those people and he would unplug their hearts? Isn't that what would happen on Dune? I
1: don't uh, It's not ringing a bell. Baron What's, Harkonnen?
2: I, look, it's been a billion years since I've seen Dune. I saw it when I was too young and it was, I was, it was alternately boring and horrifying. Uh, but I, I was a kid when I saw it, so I don't know. I never read it.
0: I got another caller when you're ready.
2: But listen, send that stuff in. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, I will. All right, cool, awesome. Correct. Thanks. All right, cool. Caller, you're on the air.
1: Hey, this is a uh, scooter in Montana.
2: How you doing?
1: I got not too bad. Uh, I have a question about uh, pressure canning. Okay. I've been pressure pressure canning soup, um, and everything that I've read says you can't have you can't pressure can anything that's been pre-thickened with flour, and you can't do noodles. Uh, so I'm wondering why that's the case, and uh, if so, how do how do they get those? sort of deliciously overcooked noodles in in your, you know, can of Campbell's chicken noodle?
2: Huh. That's a good question. Um, Presumably what's happening is is you're taking the um, starch well – because, you know, like you cook starch. It absorbs stuff. There's a maximum thickness, right? And then after you reach that maximum thickness, then you get viscosity breakdown as you totally disintegrate the kind of starch, right? And so that's why, you know, if you look at a starch thing – That's what will happen. So, presumably, they're saying that it'll reduce the thickening. Nothing terrible is going to happen. Have you tried it? No, I have not tried it yet. I mean, I would obviously, you know, I'm sure they, like, uh, they must just get the water balance exactly right, throw the pasta in, and then have it, like, all absorb and come out, you know, because come out, like, right where they want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same way that, like, beans are so highly tweaked out. That you know, they they know exactly how long they want their pre soaked They know they know exactly everything. You know what I mean. And so that they they put them in the and they know they know the pH of their water. They know the salt content. They know everything. You know what I mean. And so they load them into those cans and they come out perfect almost every single time. So there's got to be some trick with uh with the with the pastas. But the pastas are pretty. They're pretty. It means soft. I mean, like, I haven't had a spaghetti in a long time, but they're pretty. soft. soft you
1: know? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, they're, 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 they're really soft, and they're not necessarily ideal, but for some reason, I sort of love them.
2: Yeah, you know, also, what if you stuck only with pastas? Stas, what's the shape of pasta that's shaped like a rice grain? It's real thick?
1: Oh. Wait, orzo or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, something like that, I think, would hold up a lot better. Or, like, what's the one that's, like, a really thick square that's, like, you know what I'm talking about? They're like thick squares, and they're meant for soups, but they're like they're like pasta little bricklets. Those things would hold up. I think things that I think thicker pastas are gonna obviously stand up because they'll. It's gonna take longer for the inside to turn to complete mush. The outside will turn to complete mush. As for thickening, like thickened mixes with flour, I'm sure it's just a matter of they won't be as thick when it comes out. You're not gonna get poisoned. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the things that I've read have said that it that it, it does increase the botulism risk because it like slows the the heating through the the jar. Um,
2: oh, good point. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't know. Is there any data? In other words, like the people who say that, uh, did they say this in 1965? A family of four cooked soup with starch in it. And they died. You know what I mean? Because that's like that's what you need to say. Because the fact of the matter is, there's no there's nothing in canning that says please measure the viscosity of your ingredients. Right. Right. I, I could take I could take an entire brick of pork, slam it into a can, and like and like follow the freaking canning procedures, and, and I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. like off the top of my head, I just don't believe. I don't believe it. But, I mean, I see what they're saying, that you're in, inhibiting the convective forces that's going on. But, like, in the absence of uh, some data where someone followed good canning procedure, right, and maybe you have to increase the time. I mean, it's been a long time since I've looked at canning procedures. But, like, maybe for something that's not a lot of liquid, you have different thing. But uh, I just say I doubt it from a safety standpoint.
1: Doubt. Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of I was thinking and uh, I'll give <laughs> it a try
2: another call. and let you know how it <laughs> turns out yeah alright cool let us know what happens pick up the line alright So, we, uh, sorry. should we go to a break uh, no,
0: that? no, let's, let's, we're going to, this is the home stretch here. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: We're just, we're ripping through. Who's the sponsor? We're today? ripping through.
0: It's Kane Vineyard and Winery. Um, I, I was going to put an ad in later, but I will say that Chris from Kane is is a really awesome dude. Great nap, the winery. Yeah? Um, a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. I do have another caller if we want to take that. Yeah,
2: sure. Caller, you're on the air. You know
0: what? They hung up as soon as I picked up. Oh, Never man. mind. Keep them moving.
2: Man. Maybe they were, yeah, too bad. Sorry, caller. Uh, so you've had the wine. It's good?
0: It is, yeah. I've had, I had uh, his cuvee.
2: Do you know who's never had the wine? Us. You? Yeah, Nastasia, have you had the wine? No.
3: Where
0: is the wine? Ooh, Erica's in here and she visited the winery. Oh, but, hey, missing out.
2: Stas, have you, missed, have you visited the winery? Uh, nope. I'll tell you something here's something Nastasia does, does not hate: wine? wine? Visiting wineries? Drinking wine. Oh, Drinking man. wine. I don't know. What Do what you like visiting wineries or you just want the wine? Are you like my stepfather? He doesn't care about. He doesn't want to talk about fishing. He just wants to fish. Doesn't care. Doesn't want to talk about I wine and cigars. Care about
3: visiting the wineries. Do you?
2: Me? I mean, wineries can be pretty, but like, yeah, I like the drinking the wine.
0: <laughs> what are your favorite wines?
2: I don't really like being in Napa because it's hot as hell. Uh, like, well, obviously, Stas... I really
3: don't know enough.
0: Stas has got to be like Nebbiolo. No right? style.
3: Style. Champagne. All right. Oh, right. See?
2: Okay. Love that. Love that.
0: So, if you're at a restaurant and you open the wine list, like, where do, where do the two of you go? Well,
3: it depends on. No. Oh, I way. mean, yeah, okay. what, are we,
0: what am I eating? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a lot depends well, on what I'm eating. It wasn't a fully formed question. It's just
2: like, what's the temperature outside and what, what am I eating? <laughs> And, and how much money does the person who's buying dinner for me have? Right. right. Like, right, so right, if right. the person if the person buying dinner has a non finite amount of money, I I start out the meal with a glass of vintage champagne because duh. Choose if they have
3: that
2: much money. No, but like, and then like, yeah. like, like, w- like let's say we're Italian. I like I like to have if you can call ahead and the person has infinite money, they open a bottle of amaroni, like a really nice old amaroni, let it air out for you. Wouldn't that be pleasant? I'm a fan of amaroni. That would be nice. You know, I, I, I'm a very simple, like, my, <laughs> my, in other words, like I, I don't, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not like out there on a limb. Like, I like stuff that everyone likes. I like yeah. Barolos. Yeah. I like Amarone's. Yeah. I like Champagne. I like, you know, I, hey, people, like, I don't want to have a big American wine all the time, but I enjoy that, like, you know, 90s style, big, big butt, like, U.S. Zinfandel. Like, I love that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I like everything. I like everything if it's good. What about you, Stas? ask Sure, Yeah. If it's good, uh, I like it. Okay. Uh, Jared wrote in about uh, orange water, orange flower water. I've never thought about orange flower water. Here's what he says. Lately, I've been enjoying the addition of orange blossom water to my daily tea uh, so much that I've been running through it at about a cup per day. A cup of orange flower water? That's a
3: lot of orange flowers.
2: That's a lot of freaking orange flowers. A lot. It's become a rather costly habit. I'm wondering if there's a more cost-effective way to simulate the pleasant aroma in my beverages, maybe through the use of essential oils. Would that work? As far as I know, oil and water don't play well together, so I'm hoping you provide a way to emulsify the two that won't drastically change the viscosity of the water. for dietary reasons, I'd rather not use alcohol or sugar-like substances. Fats uh, and acids are okay. Jared in Vancouver. Well, you know, gum arabic is, uh, is what you want to use. You typically uh, – I don't know why but in soda formulations when people are using gum arabic, they'll – first you put the gum arabic into water and they literally – they always like literally say add a drop of alcohol uh, you know, or like a couple of drops and I don't know why. I don't really know why. To be honest, the reason you use gum arabic is because the, suspe- the it, it dilutes well. The suspension dilutes well. So then, that's how you typically emulsify uh, oils, like oil, like if you're doing a cola, like cinnamon oil or or uh, you know uh, citrus oils. And you can look up on Art of the Drink, Darcy O'Neill on Art of the Drink. It's hard to search for, it, but you can find it. Has something on on uh, putting uh, essential oils for sodas with gum arabic. And if you look up that uh, article, that blog article. Um, um, in the art of the drink, you can see the basic uh, procedure for suspending oils into emulsions. But I don't know that orange flower essential oil because I haven't even seen that. I've seen orange essential essential oil. Do they make the essential oil of the flower too? I don't know. But that's the way to do it. So you should uh, write in and tell us what's going on. Okay. I.E. tell us if it works. Um, man, we got a lot to get to. Okay.
0: And you got five minutes.
2: Okay. Chris wrote in. Uh, thanks again for uh, the show. They wrote into uh, hey, Nastasia, Dave, and Jack. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and lessons on food in China as well as developing cooking products in China, i.e. what it's like to develop cooking products in China. Stas, what's it like?
3: Not fun.
2: Hard. Hard. I mean, look, if we're like – I'll let you know when the next product is ready to come out exactly how hard it is. Um, but – it it's challenging in ways that i didn't expect it to be challenging it's simpler in ways that i thought it was going to be more challenging but it's very challenging in ways that i didn't um expect uh in terms of yeah it's just really hard uh but you know again i don't know i probably shouldn't go too much into depth on that right stas is shaking her head she's giving me the shut up shake uh of of her head um but on food, I mean, I was, you know, I was mainly in Shenzhen. Shenzhen's interesting because people from all over, you know, China come to Shenzhen to work. Um, but the local uh, food, you know, is, you know, from the kind of Canton area, so it's very not spicy. Um, very nice. Is that even English? <laughs> it's not spicy. Uh, I had a lot of steamed uh, seafood, and yes they really freaking like crunchy just killed fish there which is totally antithetical to like the way we normally eat fish i had like a whole bunch of steamed you know different species of carp that uh were all extremely uh crunchy but love the fresh they love the, f- the fresh killed i mean it's not necessarily my cup of tea but <clears throat> you know there you have it the um did I talk about the mantis shrimp here? Yes. I did, right? Yeah. Um anyway. So like we I I should think more, I should try to condense in my mind more the lessons uh I I learned on food there so I can uh, come back. But anyway, here's another one. I've recently – from you. I've recently started doing dark chocolate in a wet grinder. See, I told you wet grinders are going to come back. Uh, With nibs and sugar, I'd love to hear about your tips, tricks, and riffs on chocolate making. Well, don't make ketchup-flavored chocolate, which is what I started with because nobody – I was the only guy that liked the ketchup-flavored chocolate, right? You hated it?
3: I did not like it.
2: It was better than the mustard chocolate. Yeah. So the whole point that the, the reason I started in the wet grinding thing was because I wanted to create the texture of chocolate, which is mainly a phenomenon of cocoa butter completely surrounding very, very fine solids particles in the absence of liquid, right? That's what it is. Uh, and so like I was trying to get different powders, uh, very, very fine powders, and I was pre-blitzing those things and putting in the cocoa butter, adjusting the sugar, adding some lecithin and hoping that it could turn into something that had that uh, texture. But it's very hard because nothing can have kind of water in it. It's you know, a nightmare that way. When we were making actual chocolate – you know, I frankly learned from reading the Chocolate Alchemy website, which is, I think, the first website on making your own chocolate. Uh, at least the first one that I I had ever seen. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Um, and we would put the nibs through uh, a Champion grinder first to get them pre-ground, which worked very well. And then we would just, uh, you know, we would use. Uh, did we use confectioner sugar, or what kind of sugar do we use? Do we not care? I don't remember. I feel
3: like we didn't care. Or
2: did we blitz it? I don't remember. I probably knowing me, I like tweak everything, so I probably use something fine. I don't know, and then just let it run. But we had to let it run a long time. The question is like opening and shutting the lid. You have to keep it open so liquids don't condense because it warms up, but then you lose aroma, so it's all back and forth. We would grind for days to get the texture right because you know the bigger grinders can do it quickly, and then you conch for however long you want. But we, you know, we couldn't do that, so it was like a very long uh, mélange thing. It was days, several days, and you have to keep tasting it anyway.
0: Uh, Aaron wrote in we're basically at the end here
2: oh Aaron I've totally solved your margarita problem we'll uh, get to it next week Uh, I'll I'll give you a hint just increase the simple syrup a little bit increase the the lime you need to double your lime and multiply your simple syrup by another or add another half ounce of simple syrup but double your lime and your alcohol number should come down you can add the lime earlier uh, and get it going and you should be better I can go into it uh, in more detail next time Uh, Liza wrote in about the GAPS diet and we still haven't gotten to the freaking Thai basil question presumably the Thai basil but we will next time I promise on Cooking
0: Issues Thanks for listening to this program on Network.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio